Pushing Buttons, part of Geek Freaks. Uh, my name is Kevin. And I am Frank. And we are talking today all about the Game Awards 2021, which just got over last night. And yeah, what do you think of the show altogether, Frank? Uh, to be honest with you, no, unfortunately, a little disappointing. If I were to be yeah. completely honest with you. Um, it was a lot of flash with no content, or little content, I will say. Uh, that being said, I do have a list of games I'm excited for. They were revealed, yeah. and some of the winners, I think, deserve the win. So that's where I'm at. What about you? There were a few interesting world premieres that were actually world premieres, as world opposed premieres. to all the other 900 that weren't actual yeah. world premieres. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It wasn't super great. It definitely wasn't very entertaining, like it's normally at least somewhat entertaining. But yeah, we'll still talk about it at least talk about the stuff that we thought was either really wrong or stuff that we're super interested in or stuff that was really right. I think that's a great idea. Do you want to go over the winners and losers first, or do you want to go over our uh, cool reveals that were done? I think the cool reveals should go last because those are what I'm most excited about. Yeah, (laughs) totally agree. I want to start with the most anticipated game because I hate that category. I, I saw somewhere on Twitter that four out of the five nominees were the exact same as last year. Yeah. And the one that won last year also won this year being Elden Ring. Which shows that the, that category either doesn't need to exist or should be shuffled up a little bit. Like, why does it have to be? I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard I, because 2021 or like we have a lot of video games that are delayed. So a lot of those games are anticipated because they were supposed to come out a year ago. And so, yeah, I anticipate the game I had planned on buying this week, you know. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of affecting it a bit, too. Yeah, I, I can see it from there. I was about to say I could. I would say that if a game won this category last year, it should not be nominated again this year. But then the outcry from the, the Elden Ring fanboys would probably be pretty loud and hard to ignore. Yeah. With reason, too, because if that's legitimately people's most anticipated game, then it's it's what it is. It's just yeah. such a weird category. It is a weird category, and that's what it boils down to, because in effect, yeah, it, this was properly done. It's just that it's a weird category. And yeah, the most anticipated game has been anticipated for two years, just as I'm sure Cyberpunk would have been if this category was kind of like, you know, really something people cared about. Cyberpunk was that kind of way where people were yeah. wanting it for a long time. Um, and, you know, yeah, we, we saw how lackluster that was, but still. Any of the esports categories that you want to talk on? I know you're kind of a an you esports know what? guy for it. It a was bit. kind of easy said. I mean, like really, uh, we were calling it League of Legends. Won a lot of the stuff, and when you're you're just they're pros, and it's that's the thing is that category is a category of pros. There, there's no newcomers. There's nobody really to show off. You know, it's not like Fall Guys has a big esports game. It could even beat it. What is interesting is what could happen. Is uh. For the first time in 2022, we're going to have Nintendo embracing esports, working through a company called Panda. Um, and by the huge. way, we're going to be interviewing the guys from Panda in the future. So, you know, hold your head on for that one. Uh, but yeah, so that might shake up the game, but I suspect it will be this same class that's competing again in 2022 outside of that. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Overwatch 2 is not a thing yet. And until that's out there, that can't really penetrate in. League of Legends won it, and that's what should have won. Yeah. Do you think it was a missed opportunity that they just blitzed right through all the esports stuff in one like two minute throwaway segment? Totally. I totally I, I think so because I think esports needs to be 
pushed and endorsed because it's a huge chunk of money in the gaming world right now. And there is a fervor behind it. The fans are so uber loyal to the to the gaming industry. So when you blow past their categories, it's like a, a guy who's really big into sound design during the Oscars. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's done. Now let me watch Meryl Streep win something. Um, it's less exciting. And I think they really should have given it the attention it needs. I wonder if at some point for the Game Awards, they could make like a whole one day event out of it and do like a, an esports event before the Game Awards yeah. just to have something going on their stream before the actual awards ceremony starts. It'd be a great like, idea. Yeah. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. The only problem is if they like exclusively do League of Legends and then League of Legends wins everything. People are going to yeah. kind of be like, well, they're probably paid off by by Riot or whatever the deal would be. Well, if you look at the board of directors uh, over for the Game Awards, it's basically somebody from every major company. So how you do the, that pre-event is you have you select one representative from each one of the games and then they all bounce around doing one match from each game. So that you have the League of Legends guy playing Dota alongside a guy who plays Call of Duty and the guy who's professionally, at, or the, you know, whatever, the person who's professionally good at Dota. You know, so then you're kind of bouncing around. It's kind of like outside of geek stuff, but they used to do the quarterback, they probably still do the quarterback challenge for the Pro Bowl and for the Super Bowl. And that was like a really fun thing to watch that if you were like really inside of football, you're like, hey, you know what? Saints didn't get there, but I can still watch Drew Brees throw a ball real good. And so that kind of thing. I think that would be kind of fun for them to do. Best action adventure game was a category that I don't know. They had a best action game category, didn't they? Yeah. And then a best action adventure, kind of a little redundant, confusing there. Yeah, exactly. A lot um, of the categories were that thought, way were confusing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I honestly thought that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy should have won that. Yeah, because it was my personal favorite and. Metroid Dread won that? Yeah, well, Metroid Dread, Not a very... I, like I was saying during the stream, which, by the way, if you guys watch the stream, there's two things you could take away from it. First off, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a must-play, right? I think we could agree on that. And uh, we all know what's number one on both of our video game <laughs> anticipation charts <laughs> after that. Yes. That blew our mind a bit. Okay, but yeah, so um, Judge Dread, or Judge Dread, Metroid Dread, <laughs> <laughs> Judge Dread should have fucking won. No, Metroid Dread, I think was one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's a well-built game, solid. Nintendo has nothing else that will win this thing. And so I think it was kind of a nod to Nintendo, whom also is on the board. And um, while he doesn't work there anymore, Reggie's in the audience. And he's kind of like the face of Nintendo, although he's working with GameStop now. Yeah, but Psychonauts 2 was also, I don't think they won anything, did Didn't they? win a damn thing, and I thought that they should have gotten something. Yeah, I, I, I thought Direction for sure. Tim Schafer from Double Fine is pretty close with Jeff Keighley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think there's so, a level yeah. of like, God, I mean, I don't want to say this because obviously we're talking about it here. Um, I think there are some in the video game world that look at the Game Awards as a distraction because they're like, look, I'm not making money off of it, so what do I care? Like, if you think of how, how does EA think of the Game Awards? Do you think they care that, you know, Anthem didn't win, you know, Game of the Year some year? No, they just want to know about how much money it makes. And so it's yeah. a shame, like, I almost feel like the Game of, game Awards should be more focused on indie games, because that's where the art is at, you know? And I don't know, whatever. Or, or uh, be more focused on what the players think, rather than yes. what the committee of executives think. Yeah, 100% agree on that, yeah. Uh, best action game, I know we just talked about action adventure. So Returnal won best action game, which isn't a bad thing, uh, 
it was up against some pretty stiff competition right. with Death Loop and Far Cry Six, and they're all good action games. But when it says best action game, does it mean the game with the best action or the best game in the action genre? And how is that defined? How subjective is that? Yeah, again, the decisions that are being made uh, are done by a team that they're above my pay grade, right? Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think it means like best action moments almost, it feels like to me, is what I was getting out of that. Because that, from what I've seen of, of Eternal gameplay, there are moments where you're just like, oh man, shit's hitting the fan. It looks really cool. That's the best I could take from that, really. It's hard to tell. I, su- I suppose. I I would think then, and I don't want to talk about them, but I would think that Far Cry 6, that Ubisoft would have taken that then, if that was the case. Because Far Cry is known yeah. for its action-packed moments of just it going from 0 to 60 and then back to 0. So I think the Game Awards, well, you know, we all believe in the whole, uh, you know, fuck Oscars thing. But I think the Game Awards is kind of being affected by the same thing the Oscars were being affected by. Is the fact that Far Cry is the sixth title in the franchise, just as Resident Evil is the eighth title in the franchise. And so for some reason, although they may have earned the award in many ways, I think there's that look of like, well, look, you guys have already got enough. That thing going on, which is not fair. I mean, if they want it, they want it. Everybody remembers Lord of the Rings 1 and 2 should have won best movie of the years both years that they were up for it but you could tell that the oscars are waiting because they knew that you know return of the king was coming and they'll just give them all the awards then and that's like that's bullshit if two towers which was the best of the three movies by the way it should have won the yearly award it's the same thing we're seeing with the game awards it's developing into that yeah it and it makes sense too, knowing who Jeff Keighley is, where he comes from, what his background is, and who he hangs out with. Which, I mean, if that's the way he wants to run his show, that's his show. It's, right. He's more than welcome to do it. It sucks that that's like the award show for video games, though, because there's no other real big video game award show. Now that there's not a better award show, there is a better award show. It'll be this January from Geek Freaks. Ah. Huh? Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, innovation in accessibility is a really big category. I'm glad they included it. And they have, there were some good, good selections in that category from, I I don't know about Far Cry 6, what kind of accessibility options they had, but I know Ubisoft is big on that. Yes. So props to them on that. Probably not from the executives. It's probably the people that are working lower on the food chain that are in charge of that, which is good on them. Xbox uh, company wide though is really big on it, and I, I'm happy that they won an award for something that they pioneer. I mean, I honestly, Xbox pioneers it. We were seeing that the the streamer that that, ha- that uses the accessibility controls on the Xbox. I mean, yeah. man, that's just so freaking cool. And then Forza wins it, and I think 100% earned it. Although you had some yeah. good claims for Guardians. So Guardians of the Galaxy had a very very surprisingly large options menu for everything yeah it had like if, if i remember correctly somebody can correct me if i'm wrong but it had um options for different types of deafness different types of color blindness different types of just any way you could play the game it had like story mode if you didn't want to do the combat it was just things that you never see in triple a games things that yeah. I, I guess now we are starting to see in triple a games which is huge right and i i love that they're doing that i really do um i'm glad that forza won the same way that you are because xbox like you said has been pioneering accessibility in the triple a video game space for well since as long as accessibility has been around in the triple a mainstream yeah. video game space in the they were the ones that started it yeah yeah that's cool best mobile game i mean 
Genshin Impact, I which don't. was the best mobile game. I mean, it was it was the proper winner, and Genshin Impact does play well on mobile. So, what is congrats. Pokemon Unite? It is League of Legends, but Pokemon, and it, it plays. Oh, it I've does seen play pretty streamers good. play that. Yeah, it does actually play pretty good. It's on the Switch as well. So, League of Legends actually lost that one. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of the categories near and dear, or the one category near and dear to my heart, is the best debut indie game. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits won that one. I have not played that game. It is. It is definitely on my short list. Yeah, I will be playing that in the next like three or four games. It'll be the game I'm playing. Because that's how, guys. If you guys don't know it, if you're a podcaster or a hardcore gamer, it's the same thing. You have a list of games that you will eventually get to. And a new release has to try. If it's a huge game like Halo, it'll get to the front of the line. But otherwise, it just has to wait its turn. <laughs> it's a long line. Yeah. I, I guess I, I missed that one, actually. I thought it was the best indie game. But that was best debut indie game. There was also best indie game, which Kenna Bridge of Spirits also won. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expe- I, I thought you were doing debut. I thought you were talking about the best indie game. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't both, realize though. that there was a difference. Cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard of the ones that for debut i haven't heard of the ones that were up against it besides valheim and the forgotten city i don't know what sable is or the artful escape is but maybe i should look into them yeah definitely i mean that's hey guys that's a great idea right there though look at the guys who didn't win on this thing and there there's things to kind of keep an eye out for because those are usually where the the real gaming is nowadays you know um i will say that kind of beating out like loop hero was impressive you know what i'm saying Loop Hero. Loop Hero. Yeah, right? Am I saying that right? It's like Loop Hero, is that right? Loop Hero, yeah. Loop Hero, Loop Hero didn't really hit... Like, the people that liked Loop Hero really liked Loop yeah. Hero. But not a lot of people got it. Like, it wasn't something that stuck with a lot of people. I didn't play it, but I watched hours of it. Same. It was one of those things that it's like it either clicks or it doesn't. Yeah. Kind um, of an Undertale vibe in that way. But, yeah, you know, yeah, very as much audience. so. Yeah. Um, Inscription. I'm surprised Inscription didn't win, though. That's like a it, 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 oh, like a card battler game with a story that is apparently supposed to be like a mindfuck of a story. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to not watch people play it so I can avoid spoilers, but I know there's like some escape room stuff to it as well. Okay. And it's it's like a psychological game. I haven't it's... even heard of it before, so I'm excited for a whole new game. I haven't even heard of it before. Oh man, cool. you might need to like just play that sometime and like stream it, just not knowing what you're getting into. I I one hundred percent don't know what I'm getting into. I am one hundred percent gonna stream it. For <laughs> nice. sure. Yeah. Uh best ongoing game. Uh it's the, the usual suspects that we get almost every year. Yeah. Which makes sense because they're still active games. And I have less of a problem with them being renominated every year than I do with the most anticipated because yeah. they haven't done anything else in the public li- light like these ones have. Right. Well, and these ones win this award or get a nominated for the award for continuously adding to yeah. their game. And the one that won this one, of course, Final Fantasy 14. Um, rightfully so, right? Do you think anybody else should have won this award? No, I was rooting for Final Fantasy yeah. um, mostly because I know how much Kyle likes it. and yeah. uh, You guys did a whole level up on final fantasy 14 kyle and i have talked about it a lot on pushing buttons so yeah i mean apex legends looks like if there was going to be a br that i was going to play it would be apex legends yeah it's good it looks 
the most fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about Genshin. Don't care about Fortnite. Definitely don't care about Call of Duty. So yeah, I I, I think the right game. Was. If there was actually, I, I'm surprised that one got nominated. If there was an award for the game with the fans that hate their own game the most, Warzone <laughs> would by far be the winner of that game. Because every time I talk to a Warzone fan, one specifically, but I've talked to many of them that are like, oh yeah, cheaters all the time. Oh, they never update the damn game. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And yet, you bought a new pack for it. <laughs> I mean, like, th- your money speaks more louder than words, you know? Right. Uh, best score in music. Near Replicant got that one. Yeah. And you wanted um, Guardians. I, I, haven't pl- I did want Guardians, and it wasn't yeah. just because they had a bunch of awesome classic 80s rock music in the soundtrack, but they also had their own individual, individual soundtrack that's, like, streamer safe. Yeah. That was made specifically for the game. And it's not bad. Hmm. Like, for... the It's supposed to be a band that is on Earth in the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh, I game. like that, yeah. And, and, like, their main song is... Or maybe they're called Star-Lord, or it's either the band is named Star-Lord, or, like, their main song is called Star-Lord. But, like, they actually don't sound bad. They sound like, uh, almost like a, an 80s metal band, like a hair metal band. Yeah, 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 like Twisted Sister or something like that. That's cool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So... It's I'm just the fact that they took the extra step to add a streamer friendly mode so people don't get DMCA'd while playing that is so awesome. And the fact that that involved entailed making an entirely separate soundtrack to the game that is still in the game. If you don't have the streamer friendly mode on, you can still listen to the other ones. They just mix them in. Yeah, it's oh, man, it's it's so cool. And especially even though they baked the band into the story like a little bit, you know, with the fact that they're, oh yeah, they're in, on Earth in the game. That's pretty cool. I like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy did win Best Narrative, though. And of those games, I, I don't know, Life is Strange, True Colors. I know the Life is Strange games typically have really strong narratives. I thought so. that was going to win for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was rooting for for Guardians, and yeah. I'm glad that that they won. Deathloop was in there. It takes two was in there, and Psychonauts was there as well. It takes uh, two strong contenders. I thought, had a content. Yeah, I thought it takes two because it tackles divorce in such a really interesting way. I thought for sure might have might have had that one. Yeah, it's tough. I think we see why it didn't win that one later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best game direction. Deathloop won that one. That one actually surprised me. I, I think you called that though. I I called that one, but I thought it should have gone to Psychonauts. But I called. I knew. I had a feeling it was going to go Deathloop. It, what's a shame Psychonauts is... Psychonauts was my choice. We're, again, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but so much of the show, I start feeling like, man, I mean, it's kind of like the fact that we know some guy's not going to win this one because they're going to probably win over here. I hate that. Yeah. So I'm very good at knowing, for the most part, who's going to win a match on AEW Wrestling in, in like on Dynamite or on Rampage or Pay-Per-View especially because there's so much story that goes into it. And if you're talking about the rest of pro wrestling, you're talking about politicking backstage. Yeah. And that politicking is what seems like what happens here in the exactly. game awards. Like they have to make sure that certain people win enough awards and they don't want the game of the year to win other awards, to win too many awards. Yeah. We saw that we, we were talking about it during the stream with, uh, with red dead redemption Two, yeah. and how I, I don't know if the stream still exists. I don't think the VOD still exists from 2018. Um, me, Kyle, and Robert all live streamed that. That was our first time ever on camera. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> it was during the 2018 Game Awards. And when 
I was like, it's going to be Red Dead. It's going to be Red Dead. And I shot up when God of War won yeah. because I didn't expect it. And now I see that that's just how the Game Awards runs. Yeah, but it's funny because it'll be like, best action adventure game, and it'll be one game. And for some reason, that game doesn't win best game over or something else. <laughs> and it's right. like, so wait a minute, let me explain, let me understand how. So yeah, it's it's a little wonky, but hey, it, it's growing, going through a lot of growing pains. Unfortunately, this kind of feels like it might be where it's a little bit settling, but it's going through growing pains. I know we'll see how it goes. I have always wondered that, though, when you see a, a category that's got three games that are also nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah. And one wins one category, one wins Game of the Year. It's like, well, how is it yeah. better of an action adventure game, but it's not a better? Yeah. It, that's where the politics comes <laughs> exactly. into it. Um, For me, that leaves me with, is there anything else you want to talk about before Game of the Year? Uh. No, just creator of the year. I want to make sure we talk about that one. Um, which Dream won. Uh, content creator of the year. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to Dream. He is a hell of a streamer who's all about being just super supportive of his viewers. And somebody I, I kind of try to idolize in my the way I stream. And just try... He just makes a really cool home for all the people that watch his stream. And he is very pro-inclusion. And uh, Dream is awesome. If you guys are not... If you guys are not into streaming yet, and you want to try out a big streamer, try out Dream. You want to try out a small streamer, try out us. <laughs> but, but of course, we're, we're welcoming as well. But yeah, I just think it, that that was really cool. I, I was hoping he would win because he totally earned it. Yeah. Nice. I don't have any familiarity with any of the people that were nominated. I know a fusely because I watch a lot of... Uh, I was watching one guy, Dumb Dog is his name, yeah. who was playing a lot of Among Us and that got me down a rabbit hole of big streamers and i think i have seen dream stream. He, he does minecraft a lot so that's where i see him <laughs> gotcha. that's right for some yeah two guys in their 30s watching people play among <laughs> us and minecraft on twitch yeah and i, I mean dream i think is what like 22 maybe i mean it's watching right. young young people play these games but yeah <laughs> it's like when saikuno got really big for me yeah like my wife would walk in while I was watching Twitch and it was always Saikuno playing Rust yeah. or something. And it's like just this like kid in his 20s playing games. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, 10 years older than this kid who makes a shitload more money than I am. Yeah. And he's playing video games, you know, big deal. Oh, God. It's hard oh, to explain. <laughs> yeah. So game of the year, I was, I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. But I was surprised that it takes two, took took home the the big award this year yeah um it, it actually had some relatively strong competition for a year that didn't have a lot of big games which we expected as much right yeah based on how last year went this year was yeah right because of all the days this year though it still feels weak compared to other years we were talking again about how 2018 was this monster year that was just i mean yeah. something out of this world we won't see one of those we, we see those very rarely um but it takes two i think was going to win just because it was kind of the darling of all of them, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There wasn't anybody that was really hating on it except for one particular company. But um, <laughs> I think in general, everybody was a big fan of it. I thought Deathloop was a, was a contender. I, I was hoping maybe Psychonauts would win this because they didn't pick up anything else. And Psychonauts, I right, thought, was that, a very well-developed game. That was my choice, too. Yeah. It's a tough category, for sure. A lot of good competition. I think Deathloop, Psychonauts... And It Takes Two took home the most nominations, if I'm not mistaken. That seems fitting. Yeah. And It Takes Two won a couple. Deathloop won one, I want to say. Maybe two. Oh, no. It had best audio direction and best action adventure <laughs> or action game. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it took home two. It has just a slightly more event, more action than uh, it takes two, but for some reason it takes two has to win. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just disappointed that Psychonauts two didn't win anything, and Not I don't even care for the game, but it didn't want win anything. I actually thought game design is where it really, or game direction. I'm sorry, is where it really should have won, but it didn't win that one. I thought that was its strongest. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, this is what I've been waiting to talk <laughs> yeah, about. Let's get past the, the surprises, yeah. The the world premieres. The surprises we're excited about. I start us off. Just okay. Let's, we're let's gonna go, go kind of chronologically a little bit here, guys. Okay, and the, there's a lot of them that we're missing, and that's on purpose. Okay, uh, Alan Wake Two. You're not a big fan of this, I know that, but I am excited for Alan Wake Two. I'm excited that they're taking it a different direction. That they're yeah. not doing the straight up action game with horror elements. They're making an actual. Like a horror game. That's the part I don't like, but I'm still <laughs> going to play. <laughs> I was hoping for just more Alan Wake. Um, you, I have a feeling Kyle's going to be stoked for it. I think so, yeah. And if you're a Stephen King fan, check it out, guys. It has a very Stephen King feel. All right. Star Wars Eclipse. What is this game? That's what I, my big question. Do you have any theories? Yes, I do. Because of the developer behind it, I have a feeling I'm going to hate it. Okay. I've wanted a narrative Star Wars game for a while. And I, this may be one of those things, like I joked about Mario 99 two years before it happened. I think I joked about David Cage and Quantic Dream doing a Star Wars game, and I didn't want that. I wanted Telltale to do it. Right. And I'm getting Quantic Dream instead. Yeah. Uh, You're probably still going to play it, Cage is, <laughs> I'm still going to play <laughs> yeah. it. It takes, it, it's like, I, I don't have any familiarity with the, the High Republic. Yeah. Like, the new stuff that's coming out in the High Republic area. I have no familiarity with any of that. So it's going to be brand new to me. It might make me read some of the books or watch some of the uh, cartoons and stuff that are coming out for it. Uh, I don't like David Cage as a game designer. Uh, he's just so pretentious, and it, you can feel that in every game that he, that he makes. Like I was so stoked for Detroit Become Human, mm -hmm. and it's just his essence is in that game, and I couldn't get through it you kind of feel it with the way the, the way those guys were like drumming the entire time during this whole trailer yeah. it was kind of like oh, okay yeah I, I see what you're doing there um yeah the high republic I, I read i was reading the comics quite a bit it got too boring but uh you saw the star base so if you the star base that's in the high republic you see in the trailer so i'm assuming that that's going to be a big thing and it's like this new i think they call it the beacon it's like this new beacon in the outer rim that's supposed to be like oh hey the the jedi are out here now and so, but it's obviously in the outer rim, so it's in constant conflict. But yeah, that's so going to be interesting. Next up, we have Hellblade uh, Sinua 2. Now, this was far different than what we saw from the first game. We have more, I mean, like, because Sinua, you're out by yourself. You're trying to stay alive, the first one. The sequel, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that was my comment while we were watching it, mm -hmm. is, like, it is so strange because the first one it was all about the isolation and dealing with your isolation and yeah. trying to to fight out from it with hearing the, the voices in your head and everything. It was weird seeing all the other people around Senua with still hearing the whispers and stuff. Right. It, was, it was very strange. So I think you pointed out during the stream that it was uh, probably just the very, very beginning of the game. I think so. Yeah. And that you're going to be isolated again after that. So I hope they're not taking it in two vastly different directions. I loved the first one. I want something different, but not like vastly different. I think it's important that she's alone because those whispers are her only contact with anybody else. You know what I'm saying? And and she becomes dependent yeah. on them and scared of them in a lot of ways. It's kind of this yeah, weird. They're like her insecurities. Yeah, they're her insecurities plus her guiding light. So yeah. it's that that's what it's all about. 
can't wait to play it. I, well, I've got to beat the first one again. Or, I mean, not again. I'm sorry. That's laughable. I've got to try to beat the first one. <laughs> and not die to the fire, dude, a hundred times. And watch that black oh, stuff man. come up your arm. Like, please, just don't do it. Anyways. <laughs> Next up, we had a trailer for Sonic 2, the actual movie. Uh, we have Tails in this one. We have Aegis Elbow playing Knuckles. I was impressed the fact that Knuckles is going to be the bad guy. Yeah, alongside, of course, Dr. Robotnik. But he's You a, didn't expect that? I didn't expect that. No, I mean... I mean, I thought there was going to be a little bit of like, I thought what was going to happen was like, yo, I need to get my emeralds back. Sonic will help me, basically. You know, I need to get the emerald uh, back from Robotnik. But why is he mm. teaming up with them if he has the emeralds? I just don't know. Well, in Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, uh, Robotnik like tricks Knuckles into thinking that Sonic is stealing the emeralds when really it's Robotnik. I doing did not it. know that. So I imagine that's what's happening in the movie as well. Okay. Okay. And that they'll all, all three of them will team up against Robotnik at the end. That's my main thing. Uh, we had some Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey is one of those things where it's like, at one moment you're like, ah, I love Jim Carrey. And then when we're like, hmm, probably shouldn't be on camera much more. <laughs> What'd you yeah. think of his little I've... intro? Yeah, it was very weird. I, I think I said that he's he seems very bored. Bored and... that you said, yeah, that's perfect. I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get that. Like, the last two years, if you been staying inside and trying to not go out much it's been a very boring two years yeah and so i get that but yeah i've never been a huge fan of jim carrey but as robotnik i don't know why i love it oh <laughs> it's perfect for it i loved it because it felt like 90s carry again like i felt like he kind of got back into the groove the last interview i saw I was when he was on colbert and he like gave everybody in the audience a mango so that kind of explains <laughs> jim carrey's mindset I love that uh, when he was landing, he had this, uh, that like spaceship pod that he was in. It was shaped like an egg. Yeah. So I really hope that they call him Eggman just as a, a reference to him being called Dr. Eggman in like every, all the 3D Sonic games and everything past Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, I hope so. And then I, I do like how he has these robots out and stuff like that. And I hope that there's a whole genetic thing that's going to go. I mean, I like to see actually kind of bring in the little animals that are in the original games. I don't know. Yeah. I want to see the robots from the, the 90s cartoon. I forget what their names are, but they're like the, the dopey. Yeah. I, I, I always want to call them Itchy and Scratchy, but I know that's from The Simpsons. One of them was a chicken, but, right? Something like that? Like yeah. One of them, yeah, and the other one was just like a, a green tin robot, just like a robot. With yeah. Like a, I, I'm picturing like a front that opens up and yeah. stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, man, that, I remember watching the hell out of that. Um, yeah, Sonic 2. It looks good. I'll definitely be watching it. The number one was impressive. All right, I'll watch it. We have Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Now, for myself, that's not a big deal, but I think for a lot of fans, they were they thought this game was going to come immediately after the first one, and so I was really surprised by the delay of this. Um, yeah, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, let us know, you guys, on the social media and stuff like that. Is this a little too late for you? Do you still have interest in playing this, or is it going to feel like playing a brand new game again? Because I think there's a lot of people that might have been a little disappointed that this was split into two, at least two. I don't know if there's a third. All right. Um, we have Nightingale, whole new kind of IP where uh, it's a, it's well, it's a survival builder crafter kind of game. We've seen a lot of these pop up ever since of Rust and Ark. Um, different though because there's these portals that look like they're entirely different worlds where you're jumping around all the time, and this mix of Western and Victorian era, all kinds of things, magic and and machinery. What are your thoughts on this game? It looks really interesting. I want to see more on it. Um, if it looks like something that isn't even going to be out for another two years, but I'll want to play it, I'll probably hold off on playing Myth of Empires 
Yeah. Sorry, Scott, but <laughs> I'll probably hold off on buying that just because I I don't want more than one of those kinds of games in my life, and I'll wait two years for a good one, and you know, throw a Stargate in anything, I'll play it. <laughs> Seriously, um, the thing with Myth of Empires too is like, I want something new. I, I, the genre I know well, but I want something new out of it. Like with Ark was like you get to tame dinosaurs, and this thing with its whole mix of magic and and science. I'm in on it. It makes me feel like I'm playing arcane, like the arcane series or something like that in here. Um, yeah, I think that's something, something cool. Uh, we had a little bit more from Golem. It looks like that's a lot more about being stealth than I anticipated, but just fine. That's that's okay. And you look like you're killing people, but trying not to raise alarms and stuff like that. So it feels like a very old school, like maybe a Splinter Cell type of thing. What else did you get from this game, from the trade that we got? I didn't understand anything from it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, are you playing as Gollum? Is the story about Gollum, but you're not playing as him? I, I didn't understand any of it. I think the idea is you are playing as Gollum, but you're... It's it's the untold stories what they keep pitching. It's like, oh, it's the untold story. So it's got to fit into gotcha. the, to the main storyline, and I think it's probably you trying to get your ring back or something like that. Like, somebody got your ring, and you're trying to get it back from Mordor. Going deep for it. I can tell you, I just don't care about that game. Oh, okay. I love Lord of the Rings, but I don't need any of the side stuff. Yeah. I I'm yeah. a, I'm a loon for it, so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> uh, we have a new Sonic game. I will say that the world looks very interesting. And you're the one that saw the full trailer on this. Is it open world? Do you think it's open world? Yeah, it looks like Breath of the Wild. It, yeah. it I, I don't know what they're going for with it. It looks interesting. The world looks great. Like I'm Sonic 06 like was the game that made Sonic it put Sonic into like a real life setting yeah. and it was so weird because we had this cartoon character in a realistic neighbor, like realistic environment. I almost said neighborhood. Yeah. Um, an, an environment that looked more real than the main character mm -hmm. and the way that they have Sonic and the environment in this, in the trailer, at least it looked like it matched very well and yeah. it was very pretty just like breath of the wild is in a different way. Cause it's not like cell shaded like it is right. like breath of the wild is. It looks very reminiscent of that regardless. I'm, I'm interested in it as a casual Sonic fan. I, I'll, probably, I'll probably buy it if the trailers look good enough before it comes out. Yeah, you were getting some Shadow of the Colossus vibes too, right? Well, yeah, they had like the, this big reveal of a monster at the very end, and Sonic was as tall as its foot, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like, so I was like, it looks like uh, an open world, almost Shadow of the Colossus style game. So you could imagine there's going to be weak yeah. points that he has to like bounce on and stuff like that throughout the monster. And I hope it's not super gimmicky because that was the first thing I said when uh, Sonic popped up. I'm like, what's the gimmick in this? one? Because yeah. that's what Sonic games are known for is the one gimmick. And I was like, I don't want to play it because of that one gimmick. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I got to see more. And there's a lot of I feel like in Sonic games, some of the newer ones, especially there's like a lot of automation almost. Which is like, I just press this button, but he seems to do a lot of cool moves, and I don't like that. I want to be able to be the one doing the cool moves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, Suicide Squad, we got an actual good gameplay trailer on this, and it, I mean, I didn't really care about this outside of the story, and I, I think I'm buying this game now. What are we comparing it to? There's a few things we were comparing it to. We have like a lot of different traversals. Oh, um, Spider-Man, a little bit of that Spider-Man action on this one. Any other games you think this feels like? So I didn't say this while we were watching it, but my first vibe that I got from it was very Crackdown. And I loved yep. Crackdown. Yeah, especially when you think of uh, the way um, uh, King Shark moves around the city. He kind of feels like a Crackdown yeah. type character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 
I, I also love that it seems like each of the, the playable characters, if they're all playable, that is, all have different modes of traversal throughout the city. So it, I don't know if it's going to be like open world like it looked like it was going to be or if it's going to be more enclosed areas, if it's going to be a live service game or not. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but it looks like it's going to be a lot more fun than I would have thought it was going to be. So live service, I hope to God not. But we do see that while you're fighting, the three other teammates are also fighting. So either you probably could, maybe you control it like you do in Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe you kind of work with them in that way. I don't know. But it, it has me excited for this. When before I was just excited for the story, the idea of like beating up the, the Justice League and stuff like that. So that's cool. All right. Uh, one game that you're less excited for and I was losing my mind for, Dune Spice Wars. Uh, it looks like this is going to be an RTS where you play on Arrakis. I think you're going to play as either... Well, they, I think they did mention Atreides. So you're probably fighting as Atreides, probably the Fremen, probably the Harkonnen, three-way battle. I'm all on board for this. Uh, so you guys could watch the stream, watch Frank play Dune Spice Wars when the time comes. So I will tell you, it didn't just say it was an RTS. It said it was a 4X RTS, which are a lot slower than real-time strategies are. So we're talking a 4X, which is the expand, exploit, exterminate, and something else. It, it, it's like Galactic Civilizations or... Civil, uh, like Civilization. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a slower, more methodical, not quite like a Stellaris or a... The Crusader Kings Europa oh, Universalis, not quite to that extent, but it's it's <laughs> really, right. Uh, it's it, it's a lot slower than like your standard RTS yeah, game. That's good. Good call out on that. Yeah, yeah. Standard RTS, which I could use a good fresh one of those. So, um, yeah. It explore, seems like expand, ex. Fuck! I had it for a second. Damn it! Explore, expand. Exterminate. The exterminate. Exploit. Explore, explain, exploit, exterminate. There we go. I said explain, but explain. it's fine. Yeah, you've got to explain yourself. Explain, explain yourself. that to me. Okay, <laughs> uh, the one that... You know what? We're going to skip it for a second. We're going to come back to okay, it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Halo series for... And, and you don't care about the Halo series, which I was, I was a little, uh, <clears throat> a little uh, taken back by. <laughs> they, had, they showed a trailer for this Halo series. I think the armor looks really legit. So we're looking at a Paramount Plus budget, and I presume they're going to go a little more on this because it's Halo and they know people are going to sub for just that alone. Um, but you got to think of like maybe Star Trek Discovery level of graphics, okay? Not terrible. They do pretty solid, but not great. Uh, not the best. Do you think they could handle a Halo with that kind of budget? I, I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. I think there's going to be some very high expectations, but Paramount's been playing with that with Star Trek now for a few years. Yeah. So if there's any studio that's capable of disappointing people while still making other people happy, it's Paramount at this point. Oh, fucking and, dude. That was perfectly said. <laughs> that was so you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just got to say that if this Halo series at all gets into the budget for Strange New Worlds, I'm going to be furious. Oh, I don't think so. I think they're going for a whole different audience. <laughs> Yeah, because good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's changing. I cannot wait for that show. But the way that like Discovery season four is working out right now, what we're seeing out of that, I, I see some potential here because I mean they basically built two sets with the Discovery itself and then um the second ship that they keep using. I can't remember what the name of that ship is, but they keep using a second ship and like man, they threw a little extra money on this. So um, if they're willing to invest in a show, even though the third season for Discovery wasn't great, you know, they're willing to invest in a show like that. I got to give him props. That's cool. 
Would you say that they're expanding on it? <laughs> they're expanding on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And then we'll go. I don't have anything. Is there anything else before we get to the big one? Because I know there was things you liked that I don't didn't write down. I can't think of anything. I, I'm sure I'll talk about them all at some point. All right, guys. So this, I mean, just shook us to our bones. Star Trek Resurgence, a new Star Trek game done by the guys, the, the team that made the Telltale games. So not necessarily Telltale, because now that, that's a whole travesty there. But the guys that made like the Batman game, the Walking Dead game, which I can't get enough of, all those is making Star Trek game. First impressions, what do you think? There was one time I was asked the question of what license, I, this might have been on a Geek Freaks News episode that I was a part of, Probably. but what license would I want Telltale to do next if they were going to keep making games? And I said the obvious answer would be Knights of the Old Republic game, but my answer is Star Trek because it's more suited for the choice and the narrative driven game over like Star Wars is more about the action adventure yeah. <laughs> or whatever. My first thought of this was I'm glad it's not directly Telltale, but it's the people that were involved in Telltale when they started making the, ser the, the genre what yeah. it is. It looks a little more cartoony than I would have thought for a Star Trek game, but I am super fucking excited for it. Like, I can't yeah. describe. It's been a long time since I've wanted a game to just come out yeah. this badly. It was a game exactly that. It was a game where I was like, can this be out today, please? So I could get in my hands yes. on this. The rest of the stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, take your time on it, blah, blah, blah. I, no. And it, it feels, you're right, that cartooniness, I think, actually could be chalked up to pretty early in development is what it looks like to me. It, Maybe. Yeah. They showed a menu for like the decision making. is like, that feels pretty early development kind of menu. But I did like the options. The captain, or uh, no, I'm sorry, Starfleet told the captain what to do. And the captain could either disobey or follow orders. And then the ramifications that opens up storyline wise is like, oh my God, I can't wait to play that game twice so I can see what each of those decisions gave me. <laughs> you know? Star Trek is the perfect playground for a game like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, so good. The, the uh, UI options there, I didn't take that as like it being further back in development. I took that as it being like a, middle, a minimalistic approach. Okay. That they were focusing more on the cinematicness of it all rather than having UI pop up in your face. That makes sense. So they're trying to yeah. probably make it smaller. I think that's a design choice, not so much a lack of polish. It might look a little different by the time the release comes out, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it turns out similar to how it looked. But for a Star Trek, that makes sense that they would go for that, that kind of minimalistic look because it's kind of their MO. Especially how Star Trek is going now yeah. with Discovery and, and even the J.J. Abrams yeah. movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that is it for the, the game reveals that we had then. Uh, reflection on the Game Awards itself. What could they improve to make next year's better? I think they need to put more in control of the actual game audience. Yeah. I don't want to say the word gamer because there's so many things that that can mean, but maybe not put it all in the control of the audience, but have a lot more audience participation, not just polls that pop up on the stream, but have more than one category that's voted on by the players. Yeah. Maybe have every category voted on by the players and by the academy, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Fully make it player voted. I mean, fully make it player voted. Make it a big deal. I don't understand why it's not. Yeah, make it a big deal because we're the ones that make the game what they are. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you, you chose beautiful music for that. But I'm the one that experienced that music. I'm the one that got to feel that music. And I'm the one that should be able to say that person did the best job with their music. 
Not somebody who is like, well, they did the perfect note here and the blah, 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 blah. Who cares? It's all about when you're riding your horse in Red Dead Redemption and then that twain comes in and it's just like, I'm in. That's what it's all about. So yeah, you're 100% right. Make it all uh, voted in. Um, and then it's pure. Like Then it, then it's better than the Oscars. Because if, if, I mean, I know everybody's like, well, then Marvel would win every year. But like, yeah, if the Oscars were the same way, I would care about them more if they're, you know, voted on. Well, luckily, I'm sure if it got to the point where if the Oscars were voted on by the people that watch movies and Marvel won for like every year for like four years straight, it'd get to a point where people would get sick of seeing Marvel win. So they'd vote for other shit just because they get sick of the same thing, seeing the same thing. Yeah. And it just feels like it doesn't reflect where the gaming audience is. Yeah. The Game Awards currently. It's it, it's more executives appreciating themselves and each other than it is about us as a community which they keep especially jeff Keeley, he preaches so heavily about it being a community and i believe that he believes it yeah but but he doesn't <laughs> yeah. involve it i want to see actions i don't want to hear, yeah. hear what you put on twitter i want to see actions i mean beautiful speech right. at the beginning of your show but let's not forget this the shitstorm that you just came through to get to that speech you know what i'm saying so it's yeah well it's like eve Gimo with his fucking apology after or before E3 last year or whatever it was, and then all the, the 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 press releases coming out of Activision Blizzard, where the guy whose name I won't say like apologizes for how crass something came across, mm -hmm. and then it turns out that it was him that said it all along anyway. Yeah, um, and blamed it on somebody. It's, it's actions speak louder than words. I always botch his 100%. name. I always say Yves Guillermo or some goofy thing. I I can never say his name right. You nailed it. I I always say Eve. Just like E-V-E, -E, even though it's Y-V-E-S. Yeah. I think it's Eve. And then I say Gimo. I've heard it Gimo or Jwimo. But I just say Gimo because yeah. it's easier for me. I have no idea if it's right. I, I did a whole history on Ubisoft and just struggled my ass through that thing because I couldn't say his <laughs> name. Um, but yeah, if you guys think the Game Awards should be uh, based off of the, of the people's votes, then you're in luck because the Geek Freaks will be. We're going to be doing our polls when we do ours uh, on Twitter. We'll have all the polls up, and you guys can vote on, you know, different things. We'll have all those set up. It'll be in late January that we're doing all those. So uh, we hope to see you guys then. Yeah. And by late January, it'll give you time to play through everything that came out this year, and not just everything that came out before the middle of November. Yeah, Halo, so. Halo won something, right? Didn't Halo win something, and it came out the day before? Oh, that was, that was a fan-voted one, though. Right, Which yeah. might be a reason to not do my fence, <laughs> now that I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the hype train that, yeah, that, that carries goes it. a long way. Yeah. People are voting it for, like, best game when they haven't finished the campaign. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fair. right. Yeah. yeah. Or a game that comes out in January has already been played through and forgotten. So yeah. that's why I, I think there should be a balance of it. I don't think it should be all one way or the other. I think there should be a good balance, but involve the community of game players more than... <laughs> expecting them just to watch they're not just eyeballs we're the ones playing the games too yeah. so yeah involve us yeah that's 100 percent. which is what video games are about <laughs> you know exactly it, that's what jeff Keighley says so yeah, yeah that if he says it, it must be true <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us rant about the game awards if you had any input on anything anybody that won or anybody that you think should have won especially if you want to talk about that star trek game yes let us know. Hit us up on all the socials. We're on TikTok. We're on we're on Twitter. We're on everything. It's all in the description below. Check us out at geekfreakspodcast.com. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye. Love you.